Brothers and sisters, and welcome to Rise on Fire. I want to ask you a question. What is the year of Jubilee? How does it point to the Messiah? And what is its role, its part in God's end time restoration plan? These are some of the questions that we'll be looking at here tonight. The year of Jubilee is this interesting instruction that we read about in the Torah where every 50 years slaves are released. Poverty is uh, released. Debt is released. We have property returned to its original owners. And it's like hitting a hard reset button in the world. But how is it relevant to us today as believers in Christ? What is the prophetic messages within this commandment? I want to submit to you that many people may read it on the surface and think of it as something quite irrelevant to us today. But I want to submit to you that that couldn't be further from the truth. This instruction, this this the, these laws and the scriptures is so incredibly relevant to Christians here today. And today I'm excited to bring on two amazing guests who I've had on before from the Almond House Fellowship. Brothers, thank you so much for joining me again here tonight. Uh, would you mind introducing yourselves to everyone and um, maybe a word about the topic, what you think about Jubil the, the year of Jubilee? Shalom, PD. My name's Jackie and this is Joseph and we're from the Almond House Fellowship. We're a Torah observant ministry on the Wirral, which is close to Liverpool in the UK. So for those listening, our accents might find a, sound a little bit funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Jubilee is a, a beautiful, beautiful feast in the Word of God. And I've just got a few pointers here just to get us hyped up for the year of, of, of Jubilee. Um, because in the Word of God, we read about it in Leviticus 25. And as you said, all debts would 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 end all all um all bond servants will be set free and we know from colossians that paul says that the festivals are a shadow of the substance which is christ mm. so our ministry is all about highlighting yeshua in the torah and yeshua is all over the the jubilee the word made flesh is all over the jubilee so we hope to get those hyped up online to, to learn about the year of liberty as, as, as it's also known by. Um, so, so I just can't wait to get into it, brother. It's going to be epic. Hallelujah. I mean, I mean, I, uh, let me, let me open up what we're talking about here tonight by just reading uh, this commandment here in Leviticus 25, starting here uh, in verse eight. Uh, let me just pull this up for everyone here. It says you shall count seven weeks of years seven times seven years. So at the time of the seven weeks of years shall give you 49 years. Then you shall sound the loud trumpet on the 10th day of the seventh month on the day of atonement. You shall sound the trumpet throughout all your land and you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you when each of you shall return to his property and each of you shall return to his clan. And then it says that 50th year shall be a jubilee. You shall not sow reap uh, what grows of itself, nor gather grapes of the undressed vines. And, you know, we could read on. But in in short, the year of jubilee is like we've mentioned this, this every 50 years, like you count seven times seven. It, that's the way it's describing it. And there's a reason for that, which we'll get into. But every 50 years, there is this year of return of, of, like I mentioned, a hard reset, right? Erasing all debt, returning to your previous property and lands, uh, freeing slave, freedom from poverty. There's that happening. And, you know, when we think about it, I'll be honest, guys, you know, I think the first time that I heard about this year, it's kind of like this utopian idea, right? It's like this, this weird, like, would this even work, right? Like, like, how would that even work? Like you're raising all dead and, and, you know, uh, freeing all these things, right? How would that even work? But, you know, I think that 
when we look at it from the father's perspective, I think what's really happening here is that he is reversing the curses um, from the fall, really. Because if you think about, for example, Adam and Eve and when they fell, right, uh, the, 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 the sin, right, happened there in the garden with them choosing to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then what is introduced? A curse, a debt, first off, in that they incur a debt of their sin. Then we have a uh, slavery that they incur upon themselves where they will be toiling in the land, God says. They will be now laboring and working to eat and live. There is a spiritual poverty that enters their midst with their separation from God because they are removed from the premises of the garden. They are losing the property that was entrusted to them in the garden. And so we see now this, this, all these, it's so interesting that all of these curses are the very things that the year of Jubilee addresses because we all are facing these curses even around us today, right? We have people who are in debt in their sin, never mind financially. They are, there are people who are slaves to their work and their labors. They toil and they have hardship. We have people who are spiritually and physically, for that matter, in poverty. And, and of course, now we have this picture of being removed from the presence of God outside these, the premises of the garden. And this garden is a picture of that presence of God being like Adam and Eve was in the garden, walking uh, with the Father, walking in their midst. And, and so I, see, I think a see of this is a, a really a picture of our own lives and how we, as when we are absent from the presence of God, as Adam and Eve was absent, death and all of these curses that we have just been talking about, they surround us. I mean, guys, how, how do you see this happen in, in, in our lives and the life of humanity today? Yeah, brother, it's it's fascinating you open up with that because that's exactly what I had in my notes too. The Edenic parallels we see um, take place when the Jubilee comes up. It, it's it's a reset button. It's not the great reset, go to speak, it, so to speak. It's a godly reset. And we see how the land goes fallow, okay? So we see how, it, like the Garden of Eden, like you say, the curse happened and they would have to toil the land. But then now we see that it doesn't matter if you're a servant, it doesn't matter if you're um, the animal, the beast, they all eat of the field, they all have the fruit of, of that field. There's no, there's no hierarchy. It's taking it back um, to, to the garden. And it's just, it's just so, so beautiful what we see here. Oh, that's good. And I think, I think the, the, the Yovel for me is, as we were saying, it's all about Yeshua because Yeshua is going to come back and set us free from this um, system that we are in. And we see different companies monopolize, monopolize the land. And for me, the Jubilee was all about not letting that happen. Okay, it was God's way of saying like, look, in 50 years, it's going to return back to um, your ancestral property and it will stop these corporations from taking over. So when we see Yeshua come back and in a second coming, we're going to see that wipe, we're going to see that reset and we're going to see um, those who are in him inherit their spiritual inheritance the new Jerusalem, okay? And I'm sure you're going to touch on these other things through the Jubilee. I don't, as we go along this, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, but it's all there. The, 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 the power of liberation is there, not just for mankind, but for the earth, for the animals. Um, you know, it's a Sabbath of the land. You know, we, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's a rest of the land from its toil. Right. Oh, it, really makes us, it really makes us think about the... Um, what, what is wrong in the world, right? Because a lot of the things that we think about when we think about the things we just mentioned, we take them for granted as being normal. Um, people being in debt, that they're, you know, there's always going to be poor people, we think, and, um, you know, slaveries of various types, right, in this world we live in. 
but yet God says this is not normal, right? He's saying that there is something yeah. wrong in the world here that has come in because of the fall. And this was not the original intent as in where he is taking us. And I think that this, when we look at the picture of scripture, we actually see that the whole Abrahamic covenant, really when God came to Abraham in the beginning to start all this, this new relationship with humanity, was the beginning of him really restoring this jubilee back to us on a grand scale. Because if you even think about even at its basic level, you know, God comes to Abraham and he's like, um, I want you to leave the land of your of your homeland, right? And I want you to go to the land of your father. So that's already language of you are being removed from where the land you are and I'm restoring I'm, I'm letting you reclaim your inheritance of a land far away that has been lost. And that's exactly what Adam and Eve fell from, a land lost far away that, that is really our land, right? Our inheritance, but that God wants us to reclaim back again. And if you think about the uh, um, yeah, uh, Israel in the, in the Exodus, right? The, the story is all about them leaving Egypt, a land of slavery and going to a land of promise that God wants to restore back to them. So we see this picture of, of really a jubilee of sort over and over again throughout the word. But the, I guess the thing that I observe here is that even after Israel got to that promised land, and they set up their temple and they, you know, they got everything going and they are, everything is going to be good now, we think. But then people fall away from God. The a war breaks out, right? The temple is destroyed again. Okay. And then a temple is rebuilt later. Jerusalem is restored again. And then, oh, that second temple is now destroyed again later because humanity keeps falling. And I guess my point with this is that even when we have arrived in the promised land in terms of uh, the way we see the journey happen in the Torah. It seems as if though mankind has a problem and, and that we still keep messing things up. And even in the same way, the year of Jubilee in its physical observances, right? And that, you know, which are all good. We can talk about more of those soon here, but even if we arrive, if, if I had billions of dollars, right, and I was able to, well, probably went more, more than billions, but a lot of money, and I was able to eradicate poverty, I was able to, you know, uh, give everyone the house, give everyone everything they need. How long before slaveries of various kinds enter the world again? Right? My point is just that all of this is a temporary fix. And I think that it all points to, even the Jubilee and that observance points to the need for a Messiah, a savior yeah. of humanity. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, 100% brother. Um, the Mashiach is our Yovel. He is our liberation. He is our Jubilee. Mm. He is our deliverance, our redemption story. And we need him ultimately. Yeah. And praise be to Yah for him. Amen. 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 And so I think that we see this this pattern that points to Yeshua, and it's really a a, a pattern that he sees and understands it is his mission to accomplish. So like, you know, you see him coming and he is restoring the, he's coming with this mission to restore us back to our inheritance, restore us back to that garden of Eden. Like, you know, like he is being that second Adam and yeah. fixing what the first Adam uh, failed in, being tempted in all areas, but yet standing. And so, yeah, you know, maybe we can read Luke 4. Uh, do, you, do you guys want to read it for us uh, around Luke 4, 18? And we can see that part of where 
Yeshua actually comes into the synagogue, right? And he stands up and he delivers this message proclaiming that he is this fulfillment of this jubilee and that this jubilee has really been pointing to this need for ultimately a savior for humanity. You guys can go ahead. Yeah, beautiful. Jamal, did I read? Yeah, go ahead, brother, please. So it's Luke 4, chapter 16. Oh, sorry, Luke 4, verse 16. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Hallelujah. Amen. So what do you guys think about that when he says today the scripture is being fulfilled in your hearing like what does he really mean by all that yeah well <laughs> this was quite controversial at the time you see brother um, it was custom to read the entire scroll i know our translation said book there but this would have been a scroll and the layman was able as long as he was deemed a rabbi to stand up in the synagogue because as we know pharisees and sadducees not necessarily Levites. The Levites served in the temple, but it was the scribes and the Pharisees that governed such as the synagogues. And Yeshua, obviously gaining a bit of a reputation, gets this opportunity and he seizes this opportunity. Hallelujah. And he reads from the scroll and he gets halfway through the verse and he stops. And something quite profound takes place actually there, PD, because he sits down and he says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing and nobody would have ever heard that before and everyone's eyes are just fixed upon him mm -hmm. and what Yeshua is actually professing is he has come and he makes his statements of his ministry and he gives his creed of what he is about to do prophetically and he tells people that the spirit of the Lord God is upon him and he is coming to set the captives free Hallelujah. and he is coming to give liberty to those who are oppressed and he's coming to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, this acceptable year, I mean, we have to ask ourselves, well, what is that? You know, is that like some year that God in heaven says, well, this year is going to be, it's going to be acceptable. It's going to be an acceptable year. This, what is it? Well, this is clearly speaking about the year of Jubilee, mm. the year of liberty. And the acceptable year is that time when all debts are released, um, when everything returns back to its rightful owner. So our master is standing uh, there in the synagogue proclaiming this scroll. And then he tells people that this is fulfilled, something nobody would have ever heard before. And he was making a proclamation and a statement that he is that Jubilee, that he is that Yovel, and that he is going to take back what is rightfully his. Yeah, uh, beautiful brother. And I think as well, just another mm. interesting point is where he stopped in Isaiah, he says in verse 19, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He closes the book. So anyone who's have, have has ears to um, hear will instantly go to Isaiah. And what does the rest of that verse say? It says, and the day of vengeance of our God. So he doesn't, finish that verse because why because the first time he had to come as the lamb he had to come as the lamb to proclaim liberty to the captives and he could not yet fulfill that in in the father's timing but the next time as he comes uh, on the second coming he'll come back as the lion of, of the tribe of judah and i believe that's when the day of vengeance will be as the scripture goes on to mm -hmm. say and the day of vengeance of our god and I personally believe that's when he's going to come back. This is a the jubilee is a is a 
um, part of the, of the timepiece, and he's going to come back to fill, fulfill the rest of Isaiah in the second coming. Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, what we read about Jubilee, um, the year of Jubilee, is that right? we count the 50 years, and on that 50th year, it's in the seventh month, and on the Day of Atonement, that the year of Jubilee is basically starting then. And, um, and also there's trumpets that are blown to basically announce the beginning of this year of Jubilee. So we see the trumpets there. Obviously, we know Yeshua will be coming back with the blowing of trumpets. We also see then it happens on the Day of Atonement. And that's very similar to what you just said in that the Day of Atonement is going to be right this day of um, where you will either have atonement standing before God or you will not have atonement. And that's what this is all all signaling to, right? This, I guess you could say this final fulfillment, uh, if you will, of the year of Jubilee is that that beckoning to how we will be face to face with Yeshua again. And, and um, that is where he is taking all of us. But it's interesting that when you look at how, you know, he's speaking in Luke 4, right? And he says that he's, and he, he's basically quoting um, the commandment, right? He's saying all of these things, I'm going to bring good news to the poor, he says. He says he's going to proclaim mm-hmm. liberty to the captives. He says he's going to, he's going to, um, give liberty to those who are oppressed. So basically free slaves, uh, help those in poverty, etc. And, um, but these are all very physical things in the commandment, which is good. But yet when you think about how he solves the problems in his day, right? When he actually, cause he, he's now actually going to start doing that in his ministry, right? After he's speaking all of this, he's not going out and just giving money away to help people come out of poverty and, or maybe fighting a conquest, a war to help free Israel from the Roman occupation, like many wanted him to do in that day. Like he's not attacking these issues in the in the way that the world would, and in the way that the world today even tackles these issues. Even though that is good to do, uh, he is coming with a spiritual answer, and what he is doing is he deals with these spiritual issues behind. Poverty, because he understands, I think that that poverty or in slavery of any sort, for example, is a symptom of a spiritual issue. Because for a lot of people, you can give them a lot of money to give them out of poverty, but they'll go right back to it. Because the issue is not money; the issue is their relationship with the Father. And I think that that is so beautiful, and that he goes and he heals people physically yes he heals people emotionally he heals people and and sets them free from their slaveries of 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 many sorts and i guess this also um, we're speaking all of this guys because to you listening we're saying all this because this ultimately is what yeshua calls us to begin to walk in as we imitate him as he ascended Uh, so yeah guys what do you think about that call and what Yeshua did, like what responsibility do we have? How is this year of Jubilee relevant to us, do you think? Thanks, bro. And as you said, what Yeshua did there, and um, we actually see a lot of prophetic things taking place and mm. taking a look deeper at what Yeshua did and what he said. I believe that we can see all of the seven feasts inside of the jubilee so the jubilee contains a type and shadow of all of the feasts and even what he says here in isaiah we see it okay so how do we see it well what's the first feast passover what is passover all about it's about setting the captives free being free from slavery and from the hands of pharaoh so he says okay i've come to set the captives free then we see unleavened bread in there because he comes to preach the gospel, which is the word of God. Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the living God's mouth. And we have to have a dependency during that jubilee to depend on him for the grain, to depend on him for our bread. So we also see unleavened bread inside a jubilee. Then we have first fruits, all right? He is the first fruits of all creation. All right, this was the first fruits of his ministry taking place. This is when he be- began to blossom. 
and we it's also coming. it's first coming we also see the first fruits inside the jubilee with the agricultural increase sorry this was a fruitful time then we have shavuot okay and we all know that shavuot or pentecost is 55 49 years as you explained before brother and in the 50th in the in the five in the penty that is it that's when we when when this takes place so we even see shavuot a picture mm -hmm. of shavuot there where else do we see and what he said i've come to give sight to the blind for them that did not have eyes to see all right it's it's miraculous it's it's powerful. It's prophetic. It's the spirit of God moving and opening eyes for people. It's got Shavuot written all over it. And then we see the blowing of the shofar. All right. Well, that's trumpets. Yeah. We see that that takes place in the jubilees. So we see that. And finally, we've got tabernacles there. And oh, atonement. Oh, with atonement with the yovel. With the yovel, precisely. Nice one there, brother Jack. Uh, well, yovel, which is a translation for jubilee. It that actually means ram in, the, in yeah. the original text. So we see the atonement ram. The we two see, rams. We see becoming at one moment with the Lord. And then finally, we see uh, tabernacles there, brother, because the word became flesh and tabernacled amongst us. And we have a prophetic future land of promise where we will dwell with him. He shall be our God and we shall be his people oh. unified under the banner of Yahovah. It's, it's the big brother feast, the it's, Jubilee. It, it's, I'm telling you, man, like, <laughs> you know, the Moedim, the Moedim, it comes around once a year, yeah. you know, but this thing comes around once every 50. So, and, and what I love about that, PD, is if you could imagine, you know, the excitement, it's coming around once every 50 years. And for a working man, he may really only experience the benefit of, of, of his debts being released once in a lifetime. And we know Yeshua is our liberty. And once we experience him once, our debts are free. Our life has changed. Just how that working man who would go through that jubilee would have his debts released. So it's it's so prophetic. It's so beautiful. Right. And it's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm falling in love with it every time I'm reading it. Amen. Yeah, guys. And so if you're listening to this tonight, uh, I want to submit to you that you can be a part of this jubilee promise you can receive your inheritance back to what god wants you to have that garden presence to be in his presence for you to become a temple of the living god for you to become set free from your debt of sin that's on you know we have sin on our shoulders before we meet yeshua when he wants to take that away he wants to give us empower us by his holy spirit to continue actually the work that he was doing. And that's the most exciting thing. Uh, one, of, one of the most exciting things of being able to follow him. You know, uh, one mm. thing I wanted to add to what you mentioned, I love how you explained the feasts, brother, and how they connect to the, to the Jubilee. One thing that uh, I've also thought about is the counting of the Omer. I think you briefly mentioned it, but for me, what's so profound is that the, you know, the, the counting of the Omer, which is, you know, counting from the Feast of First Fruits. 50 days to the feast of uh, uh, Shavuot. And this is the only feast or only time really that we calculate a feast just based off counting, like, you know, uh, basically 50 days. And it's so interesting that this is how we also count, right? And calculate by counting really this Jubilee year. And I think it's very mm. relevant because just as we, uh, count down the days to Shavuot, this big event, that is the very same event that gives us everything we need in order for the Jubilee to be manifested in this world around us, through us, because at Shavuot, it is the feast where we have received His Spirit, where we have received Beautiful. His truth, basically everything we need to be able to be like Yeshua. And so, uh, I think that that's so beautiful and that it's Luke 4 where Yeshua came and said what he this that this is the year um, where this is starting, right? This Jubilee mission really is starting. It's beautiful because he is basically giving the mantle to us and he leaves. He says, it's good that I go. It's good that I send so my Holy Spirit can descend and be with you so you can continue the Jubilee mission, basically, so you can proclaim liberty to the captives, give sight to the blind and so forth. And so 
That is for me so exciting. And I want everyone who's listening tonight to really ask themselves, what role are they playing in this mission of the Jubilee? Because we will see that it's, we will one day stand before the Father and we have a role to play in the kingdom this day as we go to that part, to that place of meeting him face to face. Do you guys have anything to add to that? Yeah, brother, it's, it's, it's so true. And, you know, I'd like to add that, yeah, we do have access to the Yovelth, to the Jubilee through Yeshua. Um, in him, we who were once far off have now been brought near. Mm-hmm. We who were once strangers and foreigners to this are now fellow citizens according to the promise. And therefore, we have permission. Not only do we have permission we are able to have participation. And in Yeshua, we have that divine access, that divine permission, that divine participation, a rich inheritance. And you are right, brother. Um, this was made possible with Shavuot, with the given of the Spirit. As the Spirit descends, and we, we know that the great blasts, the great sounds that the, the disciples hear, and then they are told to go into the nations and proclaim liberty again. So we see we see that contagious liberation being commissioned to his people and it's still taking place today. Hallelujah. It's um it's quite incredible. And I just love how when we're reading in the Torah portion, we see the type and shadow of just before we read about the Jubilee, we read about the sabbatical year. But as we find in Deuteronomy 15, the sabbatical year actually says debts are released, but you can still claim your debts back off a foreigner, but not for the Jubilee. The Jubilee, in fact, is all inhabitants of Israel, the foreigners and the natives of the land. And I just like to um, see that type and shadow of how Yeshua, he came uh, for the entire world, okay? His his name saved the entire world. And yes, we do see how um, he came to his own people first and his people rejected him. And I like to take I like to see that link there, how we see the sabbatical year, how it's just for the natives, but then the Jubilee linking to that eternal, going back to that Edenic state where it's all animals, all all the earth, and we'll 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 feel his presence, we'll feel his liberty. So it's, it's, it's incredible. And it's curious because if we go back again to the name Yovel, meaning Ram originally, what does the Ram bring to mind? Well, it's Abraham, isn't it? And it's up the mountain and it's the Ram caught with its horns in the thicket, mm. the atonement sacrifice. And Abraham is justified in that moment by his faith. And what is he told by God? Look up to the heavens and see if you can count the stars. So shall your descendants be. And they're innumerable. And then when we look in Revelations, we see a multitude. Who are these coming up the Great Tribulation? In, innumerable amounts of people, yeah. okay, of every tribe and every nation. So we see that fulfillment of the Abrahamic atonement, Yovel, coming to fruition in the book of Revelations. The stars and the sand. The stars and the sand. And it's all tribes, all nations, all tongues. And what is that? What does that remind us of? Well, we know in Babylon that the Tower of Babylon um, uh, broke the languages up and through them trying to unite in their own strength and man trying to do it in their own strength, the languages were divided. But now we see a unification under the banner of Yah, one tribe, one tongue, one song and one people all praise in the name of God. So we see it. We see it in fulfillment. And it's right there. It's Aleph Tav. It's beginning and the end. We see this Yovel symbolic picture, prophetic picture of total liberation uh, and the the, 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 climax, the climax and the culmination of the redemptive plan of God. Mm. And the link with the counting of the Omer for me is the number seven, isn't it? The number yeah. of completeness. So we're seeing here, this is our father's divine signature. It is it's his fingerprints that we're seeing here. We're seeing the seven days of how in six days our father created the earth and in the seventh day he rested, he made the sacred, he made it set apart. And then we're seeing the seven times seven, 
leading up to Shavuot. And then we're seeing the seven years to me, you're saying like, look, this is this is how I view time, okay? This is ongoing, this is eternal, okay? When I give a promise, my promise, uh, it's eternal, okay? Um, I'm not playing around, so it's to remind us, it's to get us in that eternal mindset, that kingdom mindset, and, and, and this is why these things are cyclical. And when we when we look at it from that perspective, it gives us hope. That's what the, that's what Jubilee is about. It's like, yeah, he is coming back. Yeah, right. he is coming. Yeah, we we have been set free of sin, but he's also coming back um, to, to to wipe away every tear from our eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's 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 a um, a greater coming, and um, where Yeshua will uh, restore mm-hmm. peace to this earth in its fullness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like it's written, we see dimly now, but one day we will see face to face. And I think we are seeing the Jubilee fulfillment dimly now. And one day we will see that face to face as well. Beautiful. And and it's like you said, brother, it's this great hope. I mean, it's, it's so easy for us. You know, this world is crazy right now, right? And there are many people suffering in many ways. And it's easy for us to get so enveloped with the fears, the the uncertainties of the world and the, the, the wars and the famines and the slaveries, etc. And uh, but 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 God is saying, look, there is a time coming where, like with the jubilee year, people will be set free. That even the land will not; they will not be even laboring, be laboring in the land. That even the land will rest. In other words, that will be like how the garden was. Even. Even the yeah. the land is resting. There is no hard labor, and it's going to be a time where he is going to be king. I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine yeah. King Yeshua on the throne and him making decisions? And his say is his say. And how wonderful would it be to be united under him and not have the politics that we have today? Uh, how yeah. wonderful would it be to have a uh, live in a world where war is a myth. It's a legend. It's not something that is even considered anymore. How wonderful would it be to not be in our 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 day to day hard labor as we are in in this world and facing all of the things we do? God is just telling us, look, there's there's this time, this this place coming where you will come every year. Like it's written in uh, Zechariah 4, you will come every year and you will celebrate the feast of Sukkot and you will worship me. And everyone who doesn't do that, they'll be outside, but you're going to do that and we will be able to be united under him. So, guys, I just think that for me is so, so amazing This that the Father is leaving us this, this nugget of hope. That he is still mm. with us. We are. This is all part of the plan. Still, even though things are hard <laughs> sometimes, right? It, it's still all all part of the plan. And the most beautiful, the way I know that, in, apart from you know everything we've been talking about, is like you mentioned the number seven, right? The the before even humanity is created, God creates the Sabbath. He rests upon it. He says, mm. uh, you know, this day he sets apart as holy. And that Sabbath is obviously a picture of entering God's rest, entering his shalom, entering his presence. And now we have this uh, jubilee year, which is seven years times seven. And then in the seventh month of that last 50th year is the beginning of that jubilee where these things will happen. And these things are all things that were originally in the garden. So God is telling us, look, even before the fall, I had all this planned. This is where I'm taking you back to. And that is amazing to me, right? Mm-hmm. It is, Amen. truly. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, there's great rest in it, brother. And uh, liberation you know, is is the byproduct of redemption. Uh, what do I mean by that? Um, liberation is something that we get. Redemption is something that God gives and, and, and that then gives us that liberation. It's something that we have. It's a state of being. It's a quality. Um, and, and we can operate in that liberation because that liberation 
is actually designed to galvanize believers' hearts and minds. And it's it's designed to make us feel peace and harmony and security and shalom. And this is actually the Lord's superior motive in it. You know, yeah, he redeems us and pulls us out of the land of Egypt with an outstretched arm. And not only that, we then receive liberation and so then we can rest in these things and we can have security in times of trouble. We can seek out his deliverance because we've ultimately been set free and who the son sets free is free indeed <laughs> and this is how we practice our faith yeah i mean that's so good guys hey i think it'd be really good for us to pray for some of the people in the chat here today and everyone who will be listening to this um like i mentioned you know i think that this world is in such a difficult place and many people are take, facing trials and uh, I think it's really important for us to bring back this hope that we have in the Messiah into our midst so hey guys if you're in the in the chat today please if you have any special prayer requests please uh, send it in and uh, we'll definitely be reading that and um, praying for you either on the live show today or if we don't get to it afterwards um, so please send that in. Um, I'm just going to start it off. Or let me ask you guys, hey, could, could one of you pray for us uh, as we end this broadcast off and move on to this next section? Yeah, sure, brother. Sure. Father, we rest in your prophetic message that you will come back one day, Father. And that you will go to war with wickedness. We rest, Father, that you gave us the jubilee mm. to inspire hope. So, Father, now I just pray for all those in the chat, all those online, all those who will watch this at a future date, and all those who don't watch this, Father. I pray that the spirit of hope, the spirit of liberty, will go forth, that it will go forth into the USA, where this is being broadcast, into the UK. Hallelujah. To the entire world, the spirit of hope, to know that Yeshua is returning soon mm. and he's coming back for his bride, his precious bride. So I just speak life now into all those listening to rise up, to rise up, invite the Holy Spirit into their temple. Hallelujah. To declare with their lips, I have been set free by the king he has redeemed me death will have no sting over me and as the trials of the world the bills come the life has to throw at us i just pray that we can look to that prophetic message and be inspired and put our hand to the field while we can and to preach the gospel while we can and to be bold like King David. So Father, I just ask that you bless all those in the chat, all those online, all our loved ones who we're thinking about, to inspire them, inspire them with hope. We pray this in Yeshua HaMashiach's name. Amen. Amen, amen. Father, Lord, we just pray, Lord, for everyone listening, Lord. God, I just thank you, Lord, for the freedom that you promised that you're going to give all of us. Father, I thank you for the hope that you have shown us in this jubilee year. I thank you, Lord, Father, that you're returning us back to that garden, Father. Uh, Lord, how we look forward to being in your presence face to face, Father. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would help us to keep our eyes fixed on you in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the trials that we face in this world, this fallen place. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that this world is not ours, our home, this is, that you're taking us to a new land. Uh, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would take, bring our family with us, all the family members, Lord, that we are surrounded by, Lord, who do not know you. Father, we pray for them, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you would ignite their hearts with our love for you, that you would encounter them. And uh, Father, we just pray for everyone this day who is facing um, financial difficulties because of bad economies, because of bad decisions of men, or whatever reasons, Father. We ask, Lord, for your protection. I thank you, Lord, that you provide, that you look after even the little birds and so much more. You look after your people, Father. 
Lord, I pray, Lord, for people who are suffering with health issues right now. Lord, we pray for your hand of deliverance over them. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for fear and anxieties and stresses and worries regarding any of this, Lord. We pray, Lord, we, we surrender that to you, Father, and we ask, Lord, that you would come with your peace that surpasses understanding to come inside of us, Lord. And I pray for your Holy Spirit to comfort the tears. I pray for your Holy Spirit to bring deliverance from these fears in the name of Yeshua. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to be inside the homes, for the speech inside the homes of those listening to be pure, not speech, not speaking of death, not speaking of negativity all the time, Lord. But I pray for your Holy Spirit that is life breathing, life giving to be the voice in the houses of those who are listening to this tonight, Lord. Uh, Father, I pray, Lord, for the children, the next generation, Generation Z, and so forth, the others coming after that generation. Lord, I pray, Lord, for those who are struggling to understand who they are, Lord. I pray that they would see, Lord, that they are being called back to the garden. Lord, I pray that you would let them see that they're being called back to an inheritance, a calling that, um, that you want them to become powerful instruments in your hand, in your kingdom, Father. So we pray for our children, Lord, to see you and seek your face. And uh, Father, I just pray, Lord, for uh, just uh, discernment, Lord, in this age, Father. I pray that you would help us to be prepared for the time coming, the issues we're facing, the world we're facing, in the name of Yeshua. Hey, guys, I want to go to the chat here just for a second. I'm going to just take a few of the prayer requests in the chat today. Uh, thank you guys for sending them in. Um, I see... Uh, TNT saying, my children and I are facing eviction. We have no income. My, ch my children's father isn't paying support. Please pray for provision and for their father to repent and return. So yes, Father, we just pray, Lord, for provision, Lord, in that household and any household like that. Listening to this, Father, I pray, Lord, for your floodgates of blessing and provision to fall on single mothers and fathers and families who are struggling in this time. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for those who are in, in financial bondages or slavery and poverty. Lord, I pray, Lord, for deliverance and freedom in the name of Yeshua, that you would come, Lord, and physically provide, spiritually provide for them to be filled in the name of Yeshua. Gina said liver issues. So, Father, we just pray, Lord, for Gina's liver issues right now in the name of Yeshua. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for a new liver right now in the name of Yeshua. I thank you, Lord, for making her liver new. I thank you for any pain, uh, any uncomfortable feeling, Lord. We command that to leave. And I thank you, Lord, for having her know that she knows, Lord, that you are touching her liver and giving her a new liver now in the name of Yeshua. Thank you, God. All right. Amen. Amen. Um, C.K. said, my husband and I moved to Tennessee from from Ohio a couple of weeks ago. We want to find a home to purchase here. We don't know um, where he knows we should be. And we know he knows the plans for us. Pray, pray that we would serve him well. So, yeah, Father, we just pray, Lord, for that you would give them direction on what home to purchase or where to go, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for favor and finding a house in this market, special favor and open doors. In the name of Yeshua, Father. Amen. Um, Natalie said, and thank you for joining us, Natalie. She said, praying for the UK and the remnant there to be a light unto all around. Praying he will use us to bring true hope to those seeking him. May our lives bring glory to Elohim in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen, guys. Yeah, I think that's definitely something to pray for, for the UK. Um, I know that the... Uh, you, we've talked about that last in our last uh, time together. So if you're listening to this, um, go back to our teaching, um, talking about the spirit of religion. Uh, we talked about the UK and things there. So we just pray for the UK. Father, we pray, Lord, for the spirit of religion to be broken in the UK and in the world and for people to seek true relationship with you, Yeshua. Father, we ask, Lord, that people would break away from man-made traditions and teachings, Lord, and see the beauty of your son. I pray for the excuses of religion to stop, Lord, over the world. I thank you for the reformation that you're bringing, the change you're bringing in your people. Father, I pray, Lord, for this to go further and further as your people become a light that shines brighter and brighter. Help us to be that light, Father, in the name of Yeshua. 
Amen. Um, I'm going to just pray also here for um, another prayer request here. Please pray for a hand. He has a bone marrow failure and had chemo radiation and a bone marrow transplant. May Abba Father heal him and allow him to grow up into the man he will be. He has only three right now. All right, yes. So, Father, we just pray right now for um, for this child, Lord. I pray for your mercy. And, Lord, I thank you, Lord, we speak to his that, that transplant he had and, Lord, his bone marrows. Lord, I pray for healing there, Lord. I pray, Lord, for deliverance, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for pain to leave. I thank you for strength in his body and bones. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for giving him new life. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for breathing on him with your Holy Spirit, Lord, and raising him to be a great man of God to do wonders for your kingdom. In the name of Yeshua, amen. All right, guys, thank you, everyone, so much for joining us here today. I'm so honored to have you here. Please consider sharing this video with your friends about this year of Jubilee. And hey, guys, uh, I want the Almond House to just share with you all how they can how they can be reached, how their links. Can you guys share with uh, everyone listening how they, your website and how they can reach you? Yeah, sure. Um, you can check us out on YouTube, Almond House Fellowship. Uh, we do the Torah portion uh, every week and we find Yeshua on every page. We also have Instagram and Facebook and um, we release short clips, bite-sized stuff and we just uh, we invite people to come on the Torah cycle with us and see Yeshua on every page as we return to the ancient paths. As we know, Yeshua went to the synagogue every Sabbath day, as was his custom, what he practiced. And in Acts 15, we read how Moses is preached in the synagogue. So that's what we do. And Hallelujah. We've got the foundation going on there. So if you would like to join us for that, we are going to be going into detail with the year of Jubilee this week. Jackie does the Parsha. So please come and join us if you're led. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing, brother. Guys, go check them out. They have a wonderful ministry. And uh, I want to be giving them a love offering after this tonight. So please consider making a donation to support what we're doing here. If this has blessed you. Uh, thank you for joining in. Remember, we are live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, you can text Yeshua to 94000 to get a text message when we go live. So thank you for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Many, many blessings and shalom.